Child welfare can be an interesting experience. Challenging, but it's still rewarding. So I'm going to walk you through just a little bit of what my experience has been working as a case manager in child welfare. You know, when we think about the figures, the National Association of Social Workers estimated that over 702,000 children were found to experience maltreatment. A lot of these kids were under the age of one. When you think about children and youth who were abused and neglected, it was estimated that over 147,000 were in foster care. Now that's a large number. Think about it. There was a total of over 415,000 children and youth in foster care and over 18,000 young people who aged out of foster care in the year of 2014. So we can only imagine what it's like now. Think about this. It was estimated that over 1,500 children die each year due to child abuse and neglect. And many experts agree that this can even be a higher number. So when we think about child abuse, what is child abuse? Well, the South Carolina Department of Social Services defines it as any person under the age of 18 who is believed to have been harmed or at risk of harm by their parents, guardians, or other caregivers. Now, there's no particular place where child abuse can occur. It can occur in someone's home. It can be in a group home. It can even be in a child care facility. And guess what? It can happen by anybody, whether a parent, a guardian, family member, or even a friend. Now, according to the South Carolina Department of Social Services, we want to look at four areas of child abuse, neglect, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and emotional abuse. Now, when we think about neglect, it's when any parent or guardian basically doesn't provide for the basic needs of the child, but has the capability to do so. This can include anything from whether it's a physical need, a medical need, it could be an educational need, it can even be an emotional need. Think about a child that you may have seen that hasn't been appropriately dressed, always hungry, maybe doesn't have the best hygiene, maybe doesn't have a lot of supervision, a lot of medical issues and problems, mental health challenges, is always alone, high absences from school. Those can be some of the examples of neglect. Now think about physical abuse which is defined as physical injury as a result of being hit, kicked, choked, thrown, punched, whipped by a parent or guardian. Now, the South Carolina Department of Social Services says this can result in any marks, cuts, burns, blisters, scratches, broken bones, sprains, dislocated joints. I mean, a really a lifelong injury or death as they define it. You know, you think about children who may not be crawling, it could be visible injuries, human bite marks, cuts, bruises. It could be anything from marks from cigarettes to irons to objects. You think about how it affects children. They can be aggressive. They may withdraw. They struggle with depression. A lot of kids dealing with anxiety, even violence. Let's go to sexual abuse. 
The South Carolina Department of Social Services defined it as funneling of genitalia, exposure to sexually explicit material, penetration, incest, rape, indecent exposure, exploitation through prostitution, child pornography, even by a caregiver. You know, when you think about how this affects children, it could be difficulty in walking, maybe blood in their clothes, bruises, bleeding in the private areas. Think about different types of sexual diseases. A child is withdrawn, sexual behaviors that when you think about a child, you wonder to yourself, wow, is this really where that child should be? Or should that child even understand that? When you think about those challenges, that can be really difficult to witness. Think about emotional abuse. The South Carolina Department of Social Services defines it as emotional or psychological abuse as repeated behavior by an adult or caregiver that can stun a child's emotional development or a sense of worth. Think about threats, rejection, language that's dehumanizing, criticism, shaming, humiliation, isolation. That could be difficult for anyone. Think about a child that you might have noticed. Speech disorders. Think about the lag in physical development. Withdrawn. Destructive. Suicidal. So many different things that can affect that child. Those are just four main areas when you think about child abuse. How difficult that can be. And you think about being a social worker in child welfare and that exposure. You know, one of the things that we learned as case managers is that of self-care. That in taking care of the families, it is so important that you take care of yourself. So you've got to know that and you've got to focus on that. Now, we don't just want to focus on even the challenges of child welfare. Let's talk about even some programs that can really help families and keep them sustained and keep them together. Because even with the difficulties of child welfare, it is always doing our best to reunite the families or have them in a safe environment where that child is connected to a family. We want what's in the best interest of that child, even with the challenges and, and the areas of difficulty that they may face. Now, what are some services that you may see a child welfare agency actually implement to help these families? Think about the word SNAP. What does that stand for? It stands for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Now, the United States Department of Agriculture defines this as nutrition benefits to supplement the food budget of needy families so they can purchase healthy food and move towards self-sufficiency. You might have heard this saying. It's called TANF. I know it can be a little tongue twister. But it stands for Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. This can entail anything which helps that family to achieve self-sufficiency. So you may have programs and child welfare agencies that receive block grants to design and, and to operate programs that, according to the United States Department of Health and Human Services, accomplishes the purpose 
of really helping these needy families again sustain um, family self-sufficiency. That's what it's about. You may have some child welfare agencies that are really big on community programs, really helping with outreach, helping families to get clothes, uh, items that can help their child, like car seats, and uh, even rental assistance and electricity assistance, just basic needs for that family. Think about this, employment and job training. We don't just want to empower that family to stay unified and to be safe for the child, which is so important. But we want to help them be sustaining resumes, interviews, job training, the confidence to know that even in the midst of the difficulties, they do not have to settle for the situation that they're in, but that we can empower them to be families that can be self-sustaining, be grounded and a position to really help their child and help themselves. Now, this is just a little bit about my journey in child welfare and just what it's done in my life and how it's been such an amazing but challenging journey. I can remember the times where I felt like I helped families and times where I wondered, did I really fail that family? Did I do everything that I possibly could as a case manager to help that child? You think about the things that you're exposed to and the difficulties and sometimes going home as a case manager and crying and and being disappointed because you're worried and you're concerned because you want to make sure that you dot your I's and you cross your T's and you do everything possible to be the best child welfare case manager that you can possibly be. Experts believe that the average time for a child welfare case manager is like two years. You know, they would always tell us if you can make it a year, then you've really made it because of the challenges and the exposure that you're up against. Now, after hearing all of this, think about your life and the impact that you can make, whether it's social work, whether it's business, whether it's teaching, whether it's education, government, finances. All of this is critical in helping families. Just like my life and my contribution in social work, think about your contribution as a student and what you can do to make the world a better place. But beyond just the typical cliche, make the world a better place, what impact can you make to ensure that people and families and children can achieve the utmost, utmost success in their lives, that we set them up to succeed and not to fail. You know, that was my motto when I was a child welfare case manager. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the model. You heard of that? The golden rule? Every day I did what I could to help those families to achieve safety, to achieve a strong well-being, and to make sure that child was in a sustainable, loving, and grounded place.
And that's, again, a little bit about my journey. What's your journey? I hope that this podcast inspired you into seeing that your role as a student is critical in this time. You're a world changer. Just as I've taken you on my journey, I'm looking forward to you taking me on yours. Let's fight and let's win for family and children everywhere.